0: And I am looking forward to it so much I can't hardly stand it. And serpents have invaded our country. They're not here because they love you or hate you or care anything about you one way or the other. They're here to keep people from getting saved. Now, they do it in a lot of different ways, but demonic forces are fighting against angels the angels are the messengers of god we know the message of god that angels bring to the world is jesus is the only way to heaven you're welcome to follow him we whosoever will may come to know the lord everybody of every walk of life every background every lifestyle no matter what you've done or where you've been jesus loves you and he wants to ask you to fall. He's asking you to follow him. That's the message of the angels. So what's the message of the demons? Don't believe in God. Don't believe in Jesus. It's, you know, it's all about science. It's all about the human mind. It's all about everything that's, uh, opposite of the Bible or they sometimes demons will say, it's this religion this religion is older than Christianity. It's this religion. Now, that's one of the most popular things being told today. They'll say, well, what about so-and-so religion? It's older than... Hey, let me tell you, that's a lie. There is no religion older than Christianity because Jesus created the earth. So it's impossible. Now, there might be writings that seem to be older than some of the earliest scrolls that we found or whatever, but that doesn't... That, That's not what it qualifies to determine the age of a religion. And so don't fall into that trap. What else do demons say? Well, all those morals in Jesus' day don't apply today. They don't apply today. That's not for today. Let me tell you what's for today. The new testament under the blood of Jesus Christ is for today and tomorrow until he comes and sets his kingdom up. It does not expire. Preachers that want to say, "Oh, these things don't apply today," out of the I'm talking new testament. Out of the new testament, preachers that want to try to brush sin under the rug, They don't deserve to be preachers. They need to be out of the pulpit tomorrow and not back in it. And I'm praying that God will remove every unbiblical preacher in the United States of America. I'm praying he will remove them out of the churches before irreparable damage has been done to our country. Jesus is the only way to heaven. The family morals that he established are still in effect. The way to worship him in truth and freedom is still in effect. Jesus Christ gave us a few rules, not very many, but the old serpent, way back in the garden when there was only one rule, he got the people to... Adam and Eve, to rebel against it. And so in Numbers chapter 31, I love this story. I remember when I was a child, an old country preacher that would come around and preach from time to time, would preach a message about this event. When Jesus Christ, in the Old Testament, by the way, he was in the Old Testament, how many know that? He walked in the garden with Adam and Eve. He walked with Enoch. He was the... Fourth man in the fire jesus christ didn't just come to earth once and coming again the second time in our future he has been to earth over and over and over and over and over i bet he's here today on this earth doing something to try to win people and lead them to heaven because jesus christ created this earth and created the human race and he loves us more than he loves anybody or anything that exists i understand the terminology second coming it's a comparison to the first time he came he uh in the flesh was as a baby in a manger and the second time he's coming as king and king and lord of lords i understand that comparison but don't think for one minute that jesus christ has only been here once and going to come back two times jesus christ has been here all along he ascended to the father he is our intercessor he comes literally back and forth from heaven, and He is everywhere in spirit. He is omnipresent. He is all-powerful. He is the one that's going to settle all accounts and praise God, I don't have to pay for my sin. He already paid the price. There is no hope in your life without Jesus Christ. There is no hope in my life without jesus christ serpents have invaded our country we're about to fight spiritual battles like we've never seen before we're about to get it's about to get real and we need to be prayed up worshiping the lord we need to really be committed to the church and serving in the church it's going to matter more than you ever thought it could in the coming days Therefore the people came to Moses and said, "We have sinned for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray pray unto the Lord." See they they want Moses to pray to the Lord for them. And I think that's good. You know what? There's been people in my life that I wanted them praying for me. How about you? I mean, I've known some prayer warriors, that Renda Smith died funeral yesterday. She was one of them. If I wanted something powerful, touch the kingdom of God, touch the hem of his garment, I want, let me tell you something. We are equal in the, in the sense, we are equal in the sense that we're all sinners and come short of the glory of God, but we are not equal in our power of prayer. And you might not like that, but it's true. If somebody is serving the Lord and their whole heart is turned toward Him and they really are committed to Him and, and their prayer is powerful. When I am in a backslidden condition, which I don't want to ever be again, but if I get in a backslidden condition, my prayer and intercessory for others is not as powerful. I've got to repent first. I've got to get things right in my life first. And so what I'm trying to say is it's good to have a prayer partner. It's good to repent of those things that are blocking your prayers, if you will. I mean, I know you have bound to have felt it, where you prayed and you felt like it hit the ceiling and came back down, just like you didn't even pray. Surely there's some time in your life you felt that way. I have. And you know what it tells me? I'm off track somewhere in my life. Spiritually, I'm a little off track. I need to get focused, refocused. How do you get refocused? The Bible tells us how to get refocused. Take up your cross daily. Deny yourself and follow me. Read my word. Pray. Get involved with the work of the church. You are the bride of Christ. If you shun the church, there's something wrong in your life. You're the one supposed to be lined up with the Lord. I'm talk, when I say you, I'm talking about myself too. All of us. We're supposed to be lined up with the will of God. So if I find times in my life where it seems like my prayer life is weak, it's up to me to turn back and focus. Jesus hasn't moved. How many know that? Jesus haven't, has not moved. I'm the one that gets off track. And when I do, my prayer life is going to be a little weak. If I want to be the mother or the father or the grandmother or the grandfather, if we want to be the parent, the leader that God wants us to be, we have to be on track first in order to do that. And if you want to be that person in your family, let me ask you this. If you want to be that person in your family, are you, is there something in your life that needs to be on track? Now, I don't have a problem at all with them asking Moses to pray for them. But I also believe that they should have all been praying to him. They should have all been praying to him. Moses prayed for the people. The Lord said to Moses, make thee a fiery serpent. Set it on a pole. And it shall come to pass that everyone who is bitten when he looks up when he looks on it, shall live. Moses made a serpent of brass and put it on a pole. And it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he would live. All right, so how do I apply that to what's going on in America right now? First and foremost, you can be a mighty prayer warrior. You might become a stronger prayer warrior than the greatest person of faith you've ever known in your life. You can become a mighty prayer warrior. You don't have to have a Moses for your prayers to be heard. You can become a mighty prayer warrior. It's available to you to touch the heart of God and for God to change your circumstances. Not only that, but when demons invade our village, When they invade our country, when they invade our family and in our church, I'm talking about demonic forces, and these demonic forces, it seems like they always want to split families. They always want to get people hooked on addictive substances. They always want to get people out and away from God and the church, and they want to get people's faith defeated so that they will be overwhelmed with fear. This is what demonic forces do. They're real. But I'm telling you right now, you have Jesus in you if you've given your life to him. If you haven't, then you don't. If you have Jesus to him inside of you and you know it, you have the power to say in Jesus' name, we don't allow demons in our house. We don't allow demons in our family. We don't allow demons in our... Get out of here. You must flee. The Lord is going to smash your head. And cast you into the lake of fire. And they must flee. Now, it sounds kind of crazy. Young people, you're going to find as you get older and older, you're going to be praying that prayer more and more. Lord, rebuke these demons away from my children and my grandchildren. Rebuke these demons, oh God, away from my life because they're creeping in and they're pulling people down that I love. People have their own choices. One thing's for sure, there's always a way out. When the flood was coming, God provided an ark. When Rome was oppressing the Christians, God provided them a way to flee. One day the Bible says it's going to happen again when the world turns on Jews and Christians and the Lord is going to take us out and rescue us. God always provides a way out. He said, here's what you do. You take that serpent and you make a brass serpent and you put it on a tall pole and you set it up real high. And if a person believes, they're going to look on that and they're going to believe God. And when they do, they're going to be healed and delivered. God always provides a way of deliverance. And that old country preacher, I'm going to close with this. That old country preacher that I talked about, he used to tell it like this. He'd say, I bet when they put that snake up on that pole, that there was probably, over here, there was probably a bunch of people saying, well, I don't believe in that mumbo-jumbo. I don't believe in that so silly. What is a piece of brass up on a pole going to do to help anybody? I wonder how much that brass cost anyway. They probably said, I just can't do that. You know, that's, some of the men probably said, Oh, believing in that nonsense, that's for women and kids, not men. There are probably some people that said, oh, that's for weak-minded people. How could anybody believe that it would heal them if they just look and believe at that serpent? And so the, the naysayers, right? I would stand to believe that it's possible anyway that there was people who were bitten and they were dying And they would not look at that pole, even till their dying breath. Because I can't understand why people today don't want Jesus. I can't understand it. I cannot relate or comprehend why people don't want to go to heaven. And why people don't want the Lord to heal their soul and give them peace that only he can give. So there's always going to be the negative side. There's people in the church who don't want to believe in the miraculous power of prayer. Maybe it's because they prayed real hard for somebody who was not healed. Maybe. That's happened to me. How about you? You know, my daddy was a great preacher I like to feel, I know for a fact that God has heard my prayers and answered them over and over and over. Sometimes I've prayed and I thought, I'm not hearing from God. Have you ever felt like that? Sometimes I've prayed and I thought, wow, God is so, he heard me and he answered my prayer just pretty quickly. But I prayed harder for my daddy to live than I've ever prayed for anything in my life. And I know God heard my prayer. I felt it. But God said no. And if God has said no to you, it's not because you have some lack of faith. And if there's some preacher telling you that you didn't get your miracle because you don't have enough faith, you need to turn that preacher off. Let me tell you what takes more faith to trust the Lord anyway. Anyway. To trust him when he says yes and to trust him when he says no and to be close enough to him to know the difference. So no, I'm not saying that the only way God can hear your prayer is if you've got a Moses. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying make up your mind to be one. Make up your mind to be one. A prayer warrior that people call and say, would you pray for me? Somebody that knows you, knows that you believe and they want you to pray for them. Isn't that an honor? To be asked, would you pray for me? The same person that's a skeptic today is likely to be a believer tomorrow when you pray. He raised that brass serpent up on a pole. I've often wondered why did he? And the Bible doesn't really say, so I don't know if I have the right answer or not. I don't really know, but why did he make a snake and put it up on the pole? I mean, why didn't he put something like an angel up there? Or maybe something that's beautiful, but he put a snake. It was the snake? You see, it was the snake that was causing the death, and he put the snake on the pole. And here's what my answer is to that: it's human beings that are allowing the demons in. It's human beings' behavior that's opening the doors for Satan and the demonic activity. It's the behavior, the twisted, perverted, sick, all kinds of evil and crookedness. I mean, the list goes on, right? I mean, there's no just one sin. It's like a long list of sins, right? And all these long lists of sins that human beings are doing is like throwing the doors open and demons are coming in. And why does he not? Why did he put a snake on the pole? Because it was the snake that was causing the problem. Jesus became a human being because human beings are the ones causing the problem. And Jesus, as a human being, was lifted up on a pole to get rid of the death. That's my best explanation for it. It was a picture of Jesus. Not that Jesus is a serpent, but that Jesus picturing on the cross the humanity, the death, the torture, the blood. I prize that blood, but at the same time, it's an illustration of death that we bring into the world through sin. Death was brought into the world by Adam's sin. Death is conquered by Jesus' sacrifice. You can have eternal life. You can conquer those demonic forces in your life. You know, I've got friends that I would like to see totally delivered of all the problems they have. But I can't make those choices for them. Amen? And I don't want them to think I'm looking down on them or anything like that because I want to kick the devil out of their life, but they're the only ones who can. Amen? You have somebody in your life, in your loved one, your family maybe, or just someone you care about and the devil's just got a hold on them, and you would love to kick the devil out of their life? You know, I pray all the time, Lord, send angels and fight these demons away from our people. I believe he does it. Moses made a serpent of brass, put it on a pole. It came to pass if someone was bitten by a serpent, if he would look unto the serpent, he would live. And Jesus saying, look unto this sacrifice, and you shall live. It's 2020. You would think in 2020 human beings would have developed perfect vision. And it seems like just the opposite has happened. But what can we be thankful for in 2020 that came from the Lord? Somebody shout something out. Revival. Say again revival. revival. There has been a great revival in a lot of places in our country. In 2020, and I'm thankful for that. What, what else? Supplies our needs. We're still plenty healthy. <laughs> He's been supplying our needs. What else? Healing, peace, joy, new life, grace. Say again. His faithfulness to us. Yeah, that's right. I'm thankful that we're alive. Because we've got more work to do. I'm thankful that we still are able to freely have church and preach the truth in the gospel. I'm thankful for a Supreme Court that just ruled that the government cannot shut us down. That's big. I'm thankful that we still have families right here that want to raise their kids to know the Lord. I'm thankful for a lot of things, but most of all, I'm thankful that the Lord has forgiven me of my sin. Removed it as far as the east is from the west. I'm thankful that our prison jail ministry, Rusty and Jimmy, have had 40 people accept Christ this year. Isn't that great? I'm thankful that our church, I don't know the number, Steve Mike, Seems like it's 30-something of salvations and baptisms here in this church. And that's in a year where we're in the parking lot half the time. I thought last week that I was, somebody said, we might ought to go back to the driveway. And I I really think that'd be a good idea, but it's so cold, you never know from one week to the next whether it's going to be warm or cold. So I think we'll probably just stay in here and people can come or not if they feel however you feel. We're very understanding, amen? If people don't feel like coming, we understand that, respect that. In fact, we encourage people that are not feeling like coming to stay home. Watch it on Facebook or something like that. Or we'll send you a DVD. And if you know somebody who's been staying home, you might check with them, see if they've been getting our dvd of our service and we'll send it to them in fact i think they'll be sent out tuesday and if you can find their address Uh, i'm just saying i thought about getting all of y'all one of those little horns you put on the bicycle (laughs) then we can say honk if you say amen (laughs) then we can stay in here with a heater on i love jesus How about you? When everybody else fails, Jesus will not fail. He is not finished with you yet or you would not still be breathing. One of these days we'll draw our last breath. And he'll say, welcome home. And you know what? He's not going to read off a list of your sins. Because he has already forgotten those. Thrown them into the depths of the sea. Removed them as far as the east is from the west. Blotted them off the pages of your record with the blood of his son. He is not going to read off a list of everything. He is just going to be happy to say, come on in, your place is ready. Let's use these next two weeks. Three weeks to lead our family to Jesus. How about that? That's the hardest of all, isn't it? Let's try. We want to be able to say we tried. Pray about it. God will give you the right words. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, the Lord loves you and wants to welcome you in to his family. He lifted himself up. And whoever will look to him shall be saved. Let's pray.